At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, and at VSIN Live. I talked last night about how if you thought there was nothing to bet on besides just the home run derby, well, you were wrong. The U.S. women's national team played a soccer game in the championship of the women's CONCACAF final against Canada, and I said, take the United States to win in regulation. It was currently minus 125, or it was minus 125 when we talked about it, for them to win in regulation. And the reason I liked it is because they have yet to give up a goal in this entire tournament, and they're playing for revenge because the last time they faced Canada was in the Olympics semifinals when they lost 1-0. So I took the United States at minus 125. Alex Morgan with a late penalty in the second half, and the U.S. went on to win 1-0. So they win in regulation, and they cashed the ticket. Very happy about that. So won the bet here. Very profitable Monday. Juan Soto winning the home run derby and um, and having uh, the U.S. women to win the uh, CONCACAF final. Good for them. Uh, Taking a look at any action that we have coming up on this Tuesday. Yes, we have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which we'll get into a little bit later on the show. Uh, There is some tennis action. I'm sure our Gil Alexander is all over it. Uh, I don't really know anybody that's participating. Well, look at this. Carlos Alcaraz is minus 5,000 in his match tomorrow. Don't think you want to lay that type of juice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's no one really that I would even know to recommend to bet on. But let's see, that's the ATP. Let's see, you got another. You got women's tennis tomorrow. Anybody that we know? Anybody that we know on the odds? Mm, I don't think so. No one that I know on this one. Let's see, there's another women's event. Oh, Hamburg. That's what we have to look at. Let's see. Uh... Anybody that we know and that could bet on. Barbara Krechikova is minus 340 in her match. Yeah, there's nothing. All right. Nothing but heavy, heavy juiced favorites in the tennis action. Let's see uh, the international soccer schedule, because that's always fun to take a look at to see if there's any soccer going on here on the schedule. Let's see what we got coming up for... 
Tuesday. Ooh, got some friendlies. Manchester United takes on Crystal Palace. That should be fun. Um, other matchups that are pretty good. Why does it say Crystal Palace playing twice? Maybe there's like a split squad. Does that make sense? Because I'm seeing Crystal Palace taking on Gillingham as well. Might be a two different teams. I have no idea. Um, Champions League qualifying you got tomorrow. But these are all lower level teams that we don't really know about. UEFA Europa, Conference League qualifying. Yeah, I don't know much about any of these teams. There's nothing really that I can tell you. Except maybe that Man United Crystal Palace match. And it's a friendly, but let's see if there's odds on it. We'll go on DraftKings. We'll see. Soccer. And Euro. Oh, Women's Euro. That's on Wednesday, though. Nothing here on Tuesday. Want to find some bettable events? Let's see. England. Nothing here. Champions League qualifying. These are the matches that I don't know about. So I'm sure a lot of people can bet on that if they knew that. If they know what's going on here. England. Let's see. All right, Crystal Palace. That's, nope. That's, no, I don't see any of these uh, friendly games on here. All right, we gave it a shot. Tried to see if there was anything fun to wager on here on Tuesday. But it's really going to be all about the Major League Baseball All-Star game. We'll get plenty into that coming up a little bit later on. But the the biggest thing to come out about the All-Star game is that they're not going to play extra innings. The All-Star game is going to be decided by a home run derby if, in fact, it is tied after nine innings. And so (laughs) what's going to happen is the All-Star game will be decided by a three-on-three home run derby. So... National, uh, the National League manager, uh, Brian Snitker from the Braves, um, three players in each league will get three swings apiece to determine the final result. So Snitker picked um, Pete Alonzo, Ronald Acuna, and Kyle Schwarber, which I kind of like those selections. The, why do I like those selections? From a managerial standpoint, you selected three players that were in the home run derby. So already comfortable and familiar with the idea of seeing a pitcher from whatever distance and swinging for the fences. So I like what Brian Snitker did in selecting three players that were in the home run derby. For the American League, Dusty Baker has selected... Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, who put on one heck of a show here in the Home Run Derby. But then he also selected Ty France from the Mariners and Kyle Tucker from the Astros. Now, would I have gone with, uh, I don't know if there's anybody else I could have, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton, right? Aaron Judge, I don't know. Maybe those guys chose not to do it. But this is also going to be a rare opportunity, a rare instance. This is what the rules of the tiebreaker, here we go, as uh, obtained by the Associated Press. Uh, Quote, the manager of each league's all-star team shall select three players on his team's active roster who have agreed to participate. Uh, 
in the All-Star tiebreaker, if applicable. One alternate player from his active roster who has agreed to participate in the All-Star tiebreaker, if necessary, due to injury to a tiebreaker selection, an All-Star team coach who will throw batting practice during the All-Star tiebreaker, and an All-Star team bullpen catcher who will catch during the All-Star team tiebreaker. Play would be paused briefly after the ninth inning to allow the grounds crew to reconfigure the field in an arrangement suitable for the tiebreaker. So basically, you know, you get the tiebreaker, they come out, they can put the uh, L screen up, you can get a pitcher, you get everything ready, you put the little fake mound up, whatever. In the tiebreaker, each player can take an unlimited amount of pitches without it counting towards their swing total. So they only get three swings, and each player can hit in any order, um, but each batters from each team's have to alternate. The American League is the visiting team, so they have to send a batter up first, and then players from each league is going to uh, alternate. And then reading more from this article on ESPN.com, according to the Associated Press, quote, once all six tiebreaker selections have completed their swings, the team with the most home runs shall be declared the winner of the All-Star game. The rules state, quote, in the event these teams have the same number of home runs following the tiebreaker, each manager shall select one tiebreaker selection to participate in another round in which the tiebreaker selection from each team takes three swings to break the tie. The aforementioned head-to-head format will continue until the tiebreaker is broken. What does this mean now for the total? We had a response here on Twitter from um, Jeff Benson here at Circa, who, if I pull this up now, he was responding to uh, our good friend Steve Fezzik, who asked what happens after the, let's say it's a 3-3 tie, because the total in the game is 8 or 7.5, depending on where you are. So if it's a 3-3 tie after 9, what happens? Like, if does it is it like hockey? Is it like a shootout in hockey where you just you're you just get the one run? So regardless of how many home runs are hit, like in a hockey shootout, doesn't matter how many goals are hit, whichever team wins gets that one extra goal, gets that one extra run, they win. So if it's three three going into the tiebreaker, it's a four three final, which that's my understanding. Jeff Benson here at Circa tweeted out, "Quote: Our stipulations on the betting sheets are." Game is graded at the conclusion of 8.5 slash 9 innings. Home run derby has no impact on the final score. And Jeff adds, treating it like a soccer game for reference. Which means, it, by saying treating it like a soccer game, what Benson is saying is that it's, it's the score in regulation only. So if Circa posts a total of 8 That total is only for regulation, and that's it. So if it's a 3-3 tie, you cash it because that's it. And if it's a 4-4 tie, you push. You don't lose. That's important. A 4-4 tie after nine innings is going to be graded as eight. The home run derby will have no impact on the final score. I'm not sure what other sports books are doing, 
if they're treating it like soccer and just saying the score is the score after regulation or if they are treating it like um, hockey and adding the one run to each team. So if the total is seven and a half and it's 3-3 going into the uh, home run derby, does it go under the seven and a half? And if the total is eight and it's 4-4 going into the home run derby, are you guaranteed the win? Are you guaranteed to get that ninth run? Very curious to see how the sports books will handle it, but at least we know how they're handling it here at Circa. Let's talk a little NFL football coming up next. Jason Logan from Covers will talk to me about the worst teams in football. Coming up next, I'm Scott Satterberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the sports bet. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. Joining me now to talk a little NFL football is Jason Logan from Covers. You follow him on Twitter at CoversJLo. And Jason, I know you're doing an interesting thing right now. You're doing your team-by-team previews, but you're starting at the bottom of the NFL. So who's the worst team in the league projected for this upcoming season, according to your uh, preseason previews? Uh, it, for me, it's the Houston Texans, just because of the the lack of talent and just the the overhaul and coaching staff. For me, it is Houston. They they're they're dead set bottom of the barrel there. Um, you know, four four and a half wins, I think, is their win total out there. Um, you know, maybe they win five games. Uh, maybe it's not a stretch, but it, it's just a there's just a, a complete lack of talent there. They're putting a lot of faith in Davis Mills as that second-year quarterback, um, a guy that that looked great towards the end of last season and at home. But of course, teams have more tape on him now, and uh, so Houston was the well, Houston was where I started. Houston was where you started. Okay, yeah. uh, so we don't think that there's a chance they go over their win total. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's it's completely out of the picture mm-hmm. by any means. Like we could see a team maybe like Atlanta struggle and, and be even worse than they are right now. Um, but uh, you know, the, I think the AFC South is somewhat set up a little easier for them uh, to have some success. Maybe sneak a few wins here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, five five wins not necessarily a, a, a major stretch for the Texans considering how the, how the rest of that division kind of shakes out. Let's talk about the Falcons because you just mentioned them. Their win total is sure. at five and the under is actually juiced. Now, I don't know what this team is going to look like. Marcus Mariota, obviously, at quarterback yeah. now. And just uh, it, it's going to be rough, I think, maybe a, a rough couple of seasons for Atlanta. I think this team goes under this number of five, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I I do agree with you here as well too. I mean, and you can get like you can get five, you can get uh, under four and a half out there too. If you really don't like them, you can get under four and a half even money as well. So there's some good value to be shopping some of these teams. And that's one thing that I will bring up with a lot of these bottom tier teams. We do see some some discrepancies in win totals, like half a win either side. But even in the look ahead lines that they set, you know, a lot of these books now set odds for every single game of the season. You can see you see more discrepancy with these lower teams and their odds game to game than some of the other teams, strictly because odds makers don't really have a hard, you know a, a good handle on how bad or good they're going to be. They're some of the tougher teams to handicap. So we're seeing like two two and a half point discrepancies in some cases. I think there was a there's a late season game between Chicago and Green Bay, and you can find it anywhere from Chicago plus four to Chicago plus seven. <laughs> so, so really, the odds makers power ratings are kind of all over the board. And, and depending on your opinion of these bad teams, if it's positive or negative, you can go out and you can find some advantageous lines out there uh, that can speak to your opinion. And like you said, with, with uh, the Falcons going under five or under, under four and a half, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where I have them right now. Um, not a whole lot of talent there. They do have some bright spots. That's not to say that there's not situations in which you can bet uh, on Atlanta. In one one section, I kind of peg out little, you know, stretches of schedule. I'm a big situational handicapper, so I do like to see those windows when when an, an opportunity comes on to play on a team or play against mm-hmm. a team because of the way it trickles down. And if you look at Atlanta's start to the season, it is rough, really, really rough. I think they play four of their first seven away from home. Um, and they play some pretty good teams. You've got like New Orleans, the Rams, Seattle, Cleveland, um, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Carolina, and, and then you get to Week Eight. And between Week Eight and like and their bye week, which is Week Fourteen, they have a game against the Chargers in Week Nine. But they play Carolina twice. They play Chicago, Washington, and Pittsburgh, all of which are winnable games for them, or at least games where. They could they could absolutely be winless going into that stretch. Hit week eight, and those lines, which right now are bouncing around plus three and a half, plus two and a half, they're actually a one point favorite versus Chicago. Those lines could get puffed up even more, and I think there could be line value with the Falcons later on in the season, and and maybe that's when you want to play them. You know, Mariota gets back into that Arthur Smith system, um, and then I, I don't discount the Falcons secondary. I think they're at least going to keep teams in front of them and stop them from running up. Uh, the score. So I, 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 I kind of pinpoint these areas of the schedule in which you might be able to find some extra value there because the spread is just going to be so inflated. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, and speaking of shopping around and looking at maybe some different odds on, on adjusted win totals, the mm-hmm. Bears win total right now is at six and a half. And I find this shocking because I thought it would be five and a half. 
I don't know how this team wins six games. I don't know how they win five games. So I'm going to be looking and maybe shop around and see if I can get an under five and a half for this team. Yeah, I mean, you you look at this team last year and they and they won six six games. They had the third toughest strength of schedule, um, and two of those wins came against the Lions. And you look at them now and you're like, are they and are they, are they any better now? And they're undergoing a major overhaul in terms of of coaching, in terms of schemes on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Um, you're asking a lot from Justin Fields at this point. I think he has some okay pieces. But I mean, the, just the if they even survive the opening stretch of the schedule too, this is another team where you could find towards the back end of the season some inflated lines because of how hard their start to the season is. So they start. We're going to know who the Chicago Bears are very early. They play San Francisco and Green Bay, two very sound defensive teams right out of the gate, and then they've got Houston at home, and then they open up one of the toughest stretches of schedule. They have to go to the Giants. And they play at Minnesota. Then they have a short week, and they play at home versus Washington on Thursday night football. Then they have a Monday night football game at New England. And then they play Dallas on a short week, second of back-to-back, their fourth road game in five weeks, in week eight in Dallas. That line right now is anywhere from plus seven to plus seven and a half. I guarantee you by the time we get to week eight, that is sitting 10, 10 and a half. So if you're, if you're someone that likes to jump on these look-ahead lines, I look at that Dallas situation right there where I can get them as, a, as low as a touchdown. And I would definitely take that considering how rough that start of the schedule is going to be in terms of just, just the, the – they have three primetime games, which is crazy for a team like Chicago. Um, you know, I know they have a fan base out there, but I don't know if it's going to make for great TV. And, and then just so many road games just compressed. Now in the back end of the season, they play – Green Bay at home in week 13, they have a bye. Then they're home to Philadelphia and Buffalo. Then they go to Detroit and they finish off at home against Minnesota. So those back-end games, specifically because those are going to be cold-weather, bitter games in Soldier Field in December and January, there could be a little extra line value there as those spreads puff up because of just how rough that start to the season is going to be and the transition, learning a new system. Uh, they're flipping their defense. They're, they're learning this, this kind of San Francisco-inspired short-hit uh, RPO type offense, um, and and it's all going to be you know it's all going to be a big growing pains learning curve for them in that opening eight weeks of the season. I don't want this to be all negative, so let's talk about a win total <laughs> that I actually like the over on, and and maybe it's me being a little bit of a homer, but. I like the Jets over five and a half. I think this team brought in some talent at the in the draft that is going to contribute right away. I think we'll mm-hmm. see some growth from Zach Wilson in, in year number two. And I'm actually hopeful that this Jets team can win six or seven games. Yeah, yeah. My, my lead in for my Jets preview was if Zach Wilson's game can mature as his taste in women, the New York <laughs> will have New York is definitely going to have a bright future. The other thing about this, though, is that these guys, again, this is another team that plays one hell of a, s- a stretch coming, just entering the season. Um, really, really tough defenses right out of the gate for them. Um, you're taking on, I think there's five teams in, within the first nine weeks of the season. They have a buy in week 10. There's five teams that rank top 10 in defensive uh, pass defense DVOA last season. And then there's some bounce back defenses, defenses that are normally very good that are going to be a good again this year. You got Baltimore and Denver and Green Bay, all offenses, oh, sorry, all defenses expected to be much better. But they play Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England, and Buffalo. That's the first nine games. There are some very, very tough defensive opponents there. And I just don't know how short a leash they're going to keep Zach Wilson on. 
and how much you know he can he can get away from from trying to bomb it out and, and just stick to that Lafleur system. I think that's the biggest thing for them. Uh, but it's going to be a very very hard start to the season for them. Again, this is a team though that has promise, has a ton of talent. Year two of this coaching staff, and last year, much like Baltimore, just ravaged by injuries. They were the second most injury prone team last year. I think their defense is going to be very improved over last year. Uh, which is not that hard considering that it wasn't that great. But they've got some nice guys up front. The secondary has some promise as well, too. Um, but they have to be able to complement it with the offense. And it, it all comes down to if Wilson's ready to go. Jason, appreciate the time and the conversation and looking forward to reading all these previews. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to start uh, releasing them on covers uh, towards the back end of July, and they're going to roll right in through the preseason and into week one. Awesome stuff, man. Thanks. thanks. All right, thank you. He's Jason Logan from Covers. Uh, joining us here on The Look Ahead as we look ahead to the bottom teams in the NFL. I like the way he's doing that because it's kind of reverse. Everyone always likes to start at the top and say these are the best teams and the best win totals and the teams projected to win the Super Bowl. But what about the bottom teams that nobody talks about, that everyone forgets about? There's money to be made by betting on these bottom tier teams. We'll continue the discussion next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. AIR. This is the look ahead here on Visa, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on Visa, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And let's take a look at some of these win totals in the NFL and really from the bottom up, because everyone wants to talk about the top teams. But I love the way that Jason was doing this at covers, just going with the bottom teams first, working your way up to the top, because everyone knows, look, Buffalo Bills are good. <laughs> They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl for, for a reason. But in terms of just taking a look at teams' wins and the lowest, yeah, let's take a look at it. Uh, you got the Seahawks, five and a half, Falcons, five. You have the Jets, who are at five and a half. And you get the Texans at four and a half. Those are the lowest win totals right now. The next level up, Jaguars are at six and a half. You also have at six and a half, the Lions are at six and a half. And then I believe there is the Panthers at six and a half. So those are, um, and the Bears, that I mentioned the Bears are at six and a half. So of these bottom tier teams, and just looking at, let's just, we'll, we'll do it this way as well. The just odds to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, let's look at the lowest odds out of all of these teams. The lowest odds right now, the Texans are the lowest odds, followed by the Falcons, then the Lions, which is interesting because Lions have a higher win total than the Jets. But Lions, then Bears, 
then Seahawks, then Jets, then Jaguars, and Panthers. Those are your bottom teams, and then the Giants will be the next step up from there. Those are the bottom teams, all at 130 to 1 and longer odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to talk about any of these teams to win the Super Bowl, but in terms of going over their win totals or under their win totals, in my opinion, I think the Chicago Bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And we talked about it with Jason. They really did nothing to improve uh, this season. And uh, our Ian tweets at me, the Bears have the fourth toughest schedule of opposing quarterbacks this season based on last year's quarterback rating. Um, and then if you're looking at the Bears schedule, right, you, we know the division that they play in. We know that they're going to have to take on the Packers twice, which probably going to be two losses. I'm very high on the Minnesota Vikings. So there's another team that I consider to have two wins over the Chicago Bears. The Lions are an interesting team. How do the Bears do against the Lions? I think that the Lions could actually sweep them. But let's just be conservative and let's say at the very, um, you know, what the very best will give them a sweep of the Detroit Lions. So those are the division games. Now, outside of the division, did they beat the 49ers? Don't think so. The Texans, all right, maybe they beat the Texans. Do they beat the Giants in New York? I don't think so. Do they beat the Commanders? Well, maybe. Do they beat the Patriots in New England? No. The Cowboys in Dallas? No. Do they beat the Falcons on the road? Okay, maybe. Do they beat the Jets on the road? Maybe. Do they beat the Eagles? No. Bills? No. So the maybes, if we turn all those maybes into yeses, that's one, two, three, four, five wins. Someone has to explain to me why the Bears total is at six and a half and how are they getting seven wins? Where are seven wins coming from? I just gave you the five maybes that we can turn into wins. Those five wins are the Texans, the Giants. All right, you know what? Let's give them six. Okay. Texans, Giants, Commanders, Falcons, Jets. No, that's. Oh, and we'll give them one win against the Lions. That's six. That is six wins. Six maybes, yeses. Six maybe yeses. And if any of those six are losses, this is the easiest under that you can cash. This, this is a very easy under. So, yeah, six and a half. Ah, wow. This is easily going under for the Chicago Bears. Let's take, it the, take a look at the Carolina Panthers. Because with Baker Mayfield now, this intrigues me. Number is at six and a half for Carolina. And I, I think this team can go over. Let's take a look at Carolina's schedule. Right now, they have the Bears in week one. We've seen the spread go down. We know that it's 
most likely going to be without Deshaun Watson, although we're still waiting on a resolution for that. But, all right, let's call it for what it is, and let's say that it's not going to be Deshaun Watson, and it'll be Jacoby Brissett. You know, you get the Baker revenge angle. You're at home in week one. I can see them stealing a win there. At the Giants, certainly a winnable game. Home to the Saints, eh. Then let's look elsewhere. Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Bucks. That's a tough stretch. At the Falcons is a win. You beat, So let's say, they, let's say they beat the Falcons twice, because I think Atlanta is going to be just an awful team this year. Let's give them two wins over the Falcons. Let's give them, an, uh, let's give them one of the two, Browns and Giants. Now we're at three wins. Can we get to four more wins on the schedule? Seahawks, that's one. Steelers, that's two. Lions, that's three. And that's six wins. So your seventh win comes from either getting two wins against the Browns and Giants or getting at least a split against the New Orleans Saints. And that's seven wins for the Carolina Panthers. I think it might be easier to count the losses. So if they're, you know, seven wins, that means 10 losses, right? So I guess, can we count 11 losses? Let's count 10 losses here. Okay, we're going to say 40, Cardinals, 49ers, that's two. Rams, three. Bucks, four. Bengals, five. Ravens, six. Broncos, seven. Bucks, eight. We'll go Saints, nine. And then the 10th is maybe either the Browns or the Giants or the Saints again. I think the Panthers are a good candidate to go over this six and a half now with Baker Mayfield and a healthy, um, you know, absolutely healthy uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back. Now, the Jets are a team, as I mentioned, I'm very high on. And yes, hilarious comment by Jason Logan. If Zach Wilson's game matures like his taste in women, then yeah, he'll be fine. Um, the Jets' schedule, if you just look at, look, let's look for six wins, okay? And let's say, I want to give them a split against the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins are, are good, but it's always a tough matchup when they go up against each other. And especially when the Jets have to travel down to Miami to face them because it's practically a Jets home game down in Miami. It does concern me that it's the last week of the season and I like fading teams that travel to Florida at the end of the season, cold weather teams I'm talking about. So a team gets out of the cold in you know January or December and then gets to travel to South Florida, it's a little bit of a vacation. So maybe that's the one that they don't win or whatever. But the Jets play the Seahawks, the Jaguars, the Lions. That should be three wins. They play the Bears. That should be four wins. They play the Steelers. That could be a fifth win. They play the Browns, but again, could be Jacoby Brissett. That might be a sixth win. If they steal a win from the Patriots, seven. You know, if they if they upset somebody else along the way, there's wins on this schedule. I think five and a half is just a disrespectful number to a team that I think 
is going to be much improved this year with a quarterback that has a lot to prove to his naysayers. And there's always an improvement from year one to year two. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more sports betting discussions around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city casts wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we continue our little football discussion. Uh, this all started when um, we talked to Jason Logan earlier this hour from Covers about some of the bottom teams in the NFL. And uh, let's flip it around now. Let's talk about the top teams in the NFL. Your highest win total right now on the board is going to be 11 and a half wins for both the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Buffalo Bills. And while I don't hate the Bills at all, really, for for me, let's try. And, I mean, look, you can lose any game you play, right? But the Bills are going to be favored a majority of all their games. 11 and a half wins, that's 12 wins to hit this total. So can you get to 12 wins? Can you avoid six losses? And so if you just look at the schedule, you start the season at the Rams, difficult test, going to be a good game, Right? But any, anything's possible. And then you're trying to think, so let's talk about the difficult games. At the Rams is a difficult game. At the Ravens could be difficult. At the Chiefs, certainly. 
So three difficult, three difficult. Home against the Packers, that's four. Um, the Vikings, maybe, maybe that's five. At the Bengals, maybe. Other than that, I mean, look at this schedule. First of all, the division. Jets twice, Patriots twice, Dolphins twice. Should be able to get wins there. I'm not saying it's going to be six wins in the division for the Bills. You know, maybe they split with, like, the Dolphins or the Patriots, but they should sweep the Jets. So it should be four wins at least in the division. And then non-division, okay, Titans, eh, Ravens, Steelers. I'm, I'm not going to count, like, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Rams. I'm going to move on move on to other teams. Uh Browns, maybe Deshaun's there. Lions, Bears. So they play the NFC North. And of those teams, they're going to get two wins against the Bears and the Lions, right? And then, all right, maybe a split against the Packers and the Vikings. They play the AFC North. So it's a difficult, you know, maybe they get, so let's give them two wins out of that. This is a team that at the worst is losing six games. But I think five, I think 12 and five is a realistic case for this team. So 11 and a half, I like it. I really do. As for the Tampa Bay Bucks, you look at their schedule. Now, the one thing that does concern me about the Bucks is no Gronk and Godwin is out for a little bit. So Mike Evans, of course, is the guy. There's reports now Leonard Fournette's overweight, but who cares? Like, that's what happens. This is, you know, this is what happens when in the offseason. Players always come into camp out of shape, and then they get in shape. So that's, to me, that's not a non-story. Uh, but looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks and looking at their schedule, you got the Cowboys to start the year on the road. All right, see what happens there. Non-divisional games against Packers, Chiefs, Falcons, or Falcons division. Packers, Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals. I think in the division, they'll get five wins because I think they'll sweep the Falcons, sweep the Panthers, maybe get a split here against the Saints. That's five wins already in the division. And then non-divisional games, give them the Steelers win. That's six. Give them the uh, uh, Seahawks. That's seven. The, let's see, you know, Bengals, let's say they split with the Bengals and Browns. So that's eight. 49ers, Cardinals. Let's give them a split there. That's nine. And then how about a split between the or the Packers, Chiefs, Cowboys? Maybe they win two of those. Actually, 11 could be a good number here for this Bucks team. Maybe not 11 and a half. Maybe 11 is what their win total is going to be. Uh, 10 and a half is the next highest total. You got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams. Speaking of the Rams, our very own Michael Lombardi, host of the Lombardi line, former NFL executive, talked about the defending Super Bowl champions. 
And, Michael, it's NFC West Day. We're talking a little uh, L.A. Rams. Fascinating team this year. Normally, we, you know, the, the whole defending champ, it's, you kind of just pencil them in as just an auto. All right, they're going to be right there at the end the following season. Uh, just from a general sense, where do you stand on a Rams team that certainly will have a very difficult draw on the schedule right away, hosting the Bills opening night there to defend their championship and one that is a favorite but not an overwhelming favorite this year to win the NFC West? Well, I mean, look, the, the Rams have done a remarkable job with Sean McVay of being able to withstand really not having injuries. I mean, they've been able to keep all their core players healthy when they need them the most. And, you know, they are they're able to get by with very little depth. And they've never really had that issue. And I think ultimately, you know, that's going to be something that you always have to keep in mind. You know, now they've had some cap casualties. I mean, they get rid of their the, one of the best punters, Johnny Hecker, in the league. They've got to sign Riley Dixon from the Giants, you know, to be the punter. You know, field position does matter. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But, look, as long as they've got the core offensive players the way they're going, and Note Bloom, the left tackle, can handle the job. Last year when he filled in for Andrew Whitworth, he did a really good job at left tackle. Surprising to me that he was able to do that. So, Look, I think the Rams are, you know, the way McVay coaches, the way he game plans, they're going to be a tough out every single week because of that and because of Stafford's ability to make plays and do what he does in the passing game. You know, I mean, they throw the ball up the field, the second in the National Football League in yards per attempt. Mm -hmm. And when you can make big plays in the passing game, you don't always have to have long drives to get points. That was our very own Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line, former NFL executive. And, yeah, this Rams team, obviously, everyone is going to uh, be hunting for them. Uh, Their defensive lineman, Bobby Brown, suspended six games for violating the uh, performance-enhancing substances policy. Um, And so, you know, you look at this Rams team, they're obviously dealing with that, dealing with a couple other um, issues around their, their roster. But for the most part, it's pretty a similar team to what they had last season. And, yeah, you know, you lose Kevin O'Connell on the offensive side. He now becomes the head coach over in uh, Minnesota. But McVay's still going to have this team prepared for every single game. They bring in Allen Robinson, which helps out the wide receiving core, replaces the loss of, um, of, of Odell Beckham Jr. And so, you know, Stafford's got the weapons, certainly. Akers healthy for a full season, you know, Cup, Robinson, Jefferson at the wide receiving positions. And then defensively, you know, you got Aaron Donald back. It's the biggest thing you could do is get him to come back. And there's no reason to not think that this Rams team can't duplicate their success from last season and go out there and win the NFC West. I think it's obvious that they are the class of the NFC West, and I'd be surprised if they don't win this division. And yeah, I know that the Cardinals jumped out to that hot start last year. That's not going to happen again. I am not high on the um, San Francisco 49ers, and the Seahawks took a major, major downgrade. So I think this Rams team is, I don't, nothing's a lock, but I think that they are a safe bet to win the division, and then, hope oh, for their sake, try and get a top, the top seed, try and get a bye, but at the very least, going to have a home game in the playoffs. And that's all that matters because then you have a good chance to advance in the postseason. 
I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 20 minutes or so, we're going to get into college football. Chris Barrett-Felica from uh, ESPN will join me on the program. We're going to talk about the uh, conference realignment and go over some teams as well as we look ahead to the start of the college football season. We'll recap the home run derby. Congratulations to Juan Soto of the Nationals for winning the 2022 home run derby. Congrats to everyone who followed me on Twitter and cashed in with Juan Soto at plus 600. We had two bets for the derby, Corey Seager and Peter and, uh, and Juan Soto, and we lost the Seager bet, but we cashed the Soto bet. So uh, a very nice profitable night for us here on The Look Ahead. We'll talk more about it coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.